You are listening to the Wesley Seminary Podcast out of Wesley Seminary at Iwu. Your host today is Dr. Aaron Perry, Assistant Professor of Pastoral Care. Why prayer? <laughs> We're going to talk about that this week. Uh, if you tuned in to episode one with Dr. John Drury, we talked about what is prayer, and we discussed it being the ascent of the mind and soul to God. Today we're going to talk about why prayer, and we enter into some paradoxical thinking. Does prayer make a difference? Does God respond to the prayers of his people? Why do we pray? Uh, I think this is one of, uh, this is an episode that I really enjoyed recording. Uh, It's one that kind of stretches your heart, stretches your mind about why prayer, and ultimately I hope it encourages you to pray. That's where we kind of settled down, that this was one that encouraged me to pray and the effect of what being encouraged to pray ultimately might have. Uh, I'm really glad you tuned in for this episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. Dr. John Drury is back to talk about why do we pray in a broader conversation of a theology of prayer. Uh, Thanks, Cam Davis. Thanks to Cam Davis for recording uh, these podcasts and helping to produce them. I'm grateful for your help. Um, Thanks to John for tuning in today, and thank you, listeners. Listen in, listen up, and I think you're going to enjoy today's podcast on a theology of prayer. Hey, John, welcome back. Hi, Aaron. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making the time for us again. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, listeners, so this is episode two of a two-parter with Dr. John Drury on prayer. Uh, I, started, I started last uh, podcast episode with the question, what is prayer? Mm-hmm. So we kind of touched this on this question last episode, but let me make it explicit. Uh, If we talked about what is prayer, and we said it's the ascent of the soul to God, uh, why pray? Yeah. Why should we pray, John? That's good. Well, I mean, I want to start by not only affirming the question, (laughs) but actually like exploring the question, because it seems to me that... um, Staring the apparent pointlessness of prayer right in the face is absolutely essential, (laughs) not only for uh, developing theology of prayer, but actually for becoming a prayerful person. It's absolutely crucial to see that, to, 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 to come face to face with the apparent superfluidity, the the superfluousness, you know, it, it seems, what's the point? of advising the Lord of the universe on how he's going to run the universe. Like it seems ridiculous. If prayer is not, if you can't see the apparent uh, impossibility of prayer, then um, prayer, the the beauty and mystery of prayer uh, doesn't really ever capture you. (laughs) So I think it's actually a really crucial question. And not only because people raise the objection genuinely. I mean, I often hear the question like, why if God is in fact sovereign and that God is the maker of all things and that God is the end of all things and that God's governance of the world um, is ultimate in some important sense, right? Um, How can it be like, how can it be that prayer, you know, is actually having any effect? Um, is it just a trick? Is it, or, and, and, and so often you'll hear people say like, well, you know, prayer changes us. Well, that's not answering the question because prayer actually is, <laughs> the center of the mind of God is actually directing one's thoughts to God, which at its heart 
not exclusively, but always at its heart, prayer is petition. It's not only petition. So you have to have a definition like a center of the mind of God so that you capture that there's gratitude, there's um, hope, there's, there's, there's uh, a contemplation, there's lots of forms of prayer. Um, but, but at its heart, it's always just, hey, God, help. <laughs> um, even, even our thanks is it always has a petitionary form. God, please accept our thanks, right? My father's uh, evening grace at the dinner table is always, Lord, please accept our thanks for this food. Amen. It was, it was almost rote, but as the years went on, I really went back and went, wow, that was this really weird mix of gratitude and petition all in one, you know, like even our thanks is offered tentatively to a God who can choose whether to accept it or not. Right. So there is a sense in which we are beggars before God. And so we are asking, but if God is going to grant what we ask, then we're given the impression that we're somehow like getting God to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, if we're not genuinely in some sense, having some kind of impact or influence, then is it a genuine relationship? And is it, what's the point of prayer? So this is a, it's like a really, really important question. I know I've just spent five minutes just saying, oh boy, it's a really hard question, but it matters because I want to block any of the easy solutions. There are so many quick, easy solutions. One I already mentioned, which is to say, um, so this is one of these cases where I, the, my clarity on what the bad answers are is much stronger than what the right answer might be, but I think that's important. Um, that's how theology often works. You know, my, uh, I already mentioned the one that, well, it doesn't change God, it changes us, right? To just basically say that prayer is meaningless, but it's helpful, <laughs> right? And I, I just think that's an unacceptable answer. It's said a lot. It's, it's been said by many theologians I deeply respect, but I, I think it does ultimately just undermine um, the picture of prayer we get in the scriptures, which is of people um, counseling God on how he should be running things. And God taking their, their counsel seriously, <laughs> you know, um, the other extreme is to start to kind of tinker with our doctrine of God in light of a kind of uh, flat footed sense of what prayer is, right? Oh, well, since we're influencing God, then therefore God must not actually be sovereign. And God's really only kind of, maybe God's in control of the big picture, but we can influence the details. These are cop outs. They don't take the sovereignty of God seriously, which is in fact the presupposition of prayer. Because in fact, if God is not sovereign, why would I ask him, right? I'm asking him about anything in my life because he is sovereign over everything in my life. So the presupposition of prayer is that God is the sovereign one who, who, who I, whose um, influence in my life is the most important on any question, right? So if we just kind of... Uh, limit God's capacities. It's a tempting option, especially for Armenians, Wesleyans, who, who um, might be sort of tempted by certain kinds of uh, um, clipping of God's wings to make room for human agency or something like that. No, I think we need to take the paradox, look the paradox right in the face, that the sovereign Lord of the universe, precisely in his sovereignty, has commanded and invited and promised, right? And the, in a way, you don't even have to mention commanded promise, just invited, right? Because that implies both. It means do it, and I'm going to do my part. He has invited us to advise him on the exercise of his sovereignty, right? It's not, oh, I'm not sovereign. Uh, I'm going to leave some stuff up to you. It's, I'm in charge, and I'm interested in what you have to say. And that is the way I exercise my sovereignty. I know now, I'm, I know I've actually just stated your question in the form of a claim now, but I think it really is, there is only a paradoxical answer to the fundamental question of why prayer. 
because in a sense, prayer is utterly superfluous if it wasn't for the fact that God <laughs> himself has chosen to ask us to advise him. So. So does God do some things that he would not otherwise have done because his people prayed? Mm. I, this is why I went into theology instead of philosophy. <laughs> like, I just think theology by its nature doesn't ask after counterfactuals. What would be if what was, what is, wasn't. Uh, these are fun questions. They're fun speculations. Well, let, let, let me rephrase it then. Does faith God... seeking understanding. We don't, we know what God has done. Um, we know that God does what God does. What, how God might've done it otherwise is none of our business. Um, so let me, let me rephrase it. <laughs> God, God sure. invites our prayers. God invites our prayers. Does God respond to our prayers? Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. How does that tease out human responsibility? Mm -hmm. And I am thinking of uh, last episode, we talked about the nature of sin. So uh, I can see how it would be very tempting to engage in a sin of uh, over introspection by not praying, but thinking about um, the, the crushing weight mm -hmm. of the uh, the crushing weight of the reality that exists because I didn't pray. Hmm. So on the one hand, I'm thinking, boy, that's good news. God responds to the prayers of his people. God would respond to my prayer. And I'm thinking, oh boy, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pray. Um, <laughs> and I think, I think God is gracious that he, he keeps even introspective people like myself from actually thinking about that yeah. all the time, because otherwise you couldn't, you couldn't live. Um, but I'm thinking about it now. So, yeah. Hey John, <laughs> what do we do? How, how do we think about, Oh, what, what's the impact of our non-prayers? Yeah. I think that the first thing you said is, is important to just identify that there is a, there is a excess introspection and an excess speculation that can get one in a sinful trap. Having said that, it's the excess is the problem. You can ask it, right? Um, um, you can think so much about not praying that you don't pray, right, which would be right, the, right, right, the right. tremendous irony. That would be but, the paralysis. Yeah. Um, and the paradox of prayer can generate that kind of paralysis. And I, I think, and again, looking at square in the faces, I think important. Um, so, so exploring that question, I think I, I want to make a maneuver to kind of develop a theology prayer um, more fully, uh, not completely, but my initial answer, your why prayer is, would even be necessary or possible question um, was sort of talking about the superfluidity. I know that's a big word, but it, superfluous like most people know what that word means so it's just the verb format anyway the superfluidity the um the superfluidity of prayer from god's side and but that only is the beginning of the 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 story because there's also a superfluidity of prayer from our side and that's the humanity of jesus so again a full and you can guess that a full trinitarian theology of prayer is going to be fully trinitarian right a sense of Father as creator who's sovereign over all things, the son who has become flesh and as a human prays in his heart language of Aramaic and is now praying, 
whose life itself was the perfect prayer on behalf of all humanity and whose perfect sacrifice, whose perfect life of prayer um, is not, is closed in his death and yet disclosed and opened and enters into his perpetual life of prayer as the one who has ascended to the right hand of the father, which side note, I don't think it's an accident that the fathers would define prayer as ascent of the mind of God. They use that word ascent for a reason because it links to the ascension of Christ and his perpetual intercession on our behalf. So one of the most uh, wonderfully relieving uh, moments for me in this very thing, because I, I really, I struggled with this for a long time, like in both ways, like I was paralyzed to not pray because of overthinking the failure to pray and how much relief came and release that was also empowering to pray more, not less, was when I realized that all of the human prayer that could ever matter is accomplished in Jesus Christ. And that the invitation is to join him because he is the supreme human advisor to God, right? So he himself prays as human, right? To God, right? Son prays to father. Son as human prays to father as God, as this divine... In uh, relationship that has this human side to it in his incarnation and ascension. So once I realized that again, now maybe that makes it sound like, well, why pray? He's doing all the prayer, right? But then the same, the same answer then kicks in, but on a whole nother human to human level of his, his invitation and desire to us to be his partner in prayer. So we partner with him, right? So that he's, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm interceding all the time but I would like your assistance. I would like your help. Because in point of fact, precisely, again, this gets into some weird theological stuff, but I think it's important. Christ as divine is omniscient. Christ as human is not. He has limited knowledge, right? Now, what does it mean to be a single person who has two natures? One is omniscient, the other is not. I don't know what that means. I'm not denying the omniscience of Christ as the one divine person. Uh, but he has a human nature and he says things like, well, I don't know. I mean, how many times, <laughs> I, one of my favorite moments, maybe I've told you this before, is at the Ascension when they ask, um, when, are you going to build the kingdom now, right? And, and Jesus says back, uh, no one but the Father knows, right? And I, I almost like wish that like I could go back in time and be like, like be in the crowd and be like, um, will you ask him? Right? Because I mean, like you can ask, right? Maybe his father would tell him. I don't know. There you go. It's a silly thought, but, but, but you're really seeing the limits of his knowing as human. And so it's precisely as in his limitations that are transcended yet not absolutely erased, or he just wouldn't be a human anymore, that are transcended without being erased in his ascension, such that he says, I want a whole chorus of voices sharing with me, right? And so this, this can help because then prayer becomes a very discerning question. What to pray for is an important question to ask in prayer. Lord, what would you like me to pray about today? It's actually a really great question to ask the Lord in prayer. Jesus, what would you like to assign to me? And of course, we already know some assignments are built in. If I have a family, I've been assigned prayer for my family. It's implicit in my uh, family life. Uh, it's entailed by it. If I have deep friendships, those are prayer is entailed by that friendship. If I am a pastor, my flock, right, is on my prayer list. But specifics within that, there's going to be more detail. And I think 
Jesus is just a, a, a really good delegator. Um, but like any good delegator, if someone drops the ball, they can pick it up, right? They can if they need to, but it's actually not healthy. It's not healthy for the body of Christ for a few people to be doing all the prayer, right? It's healthier for us all to be involved. Um, so that doesn't really answer the question. I mean, I'm not good at really giving satisfying answers to make things sound necessary, but theology is very mysterious in that regard. But anyway, that was a long answer that may not have even remotely addressed your question. No, I'm thinking about it in the, uh, you, we've used the word invitation a number of times, this, this invitation into the, the privilege that is prayer, that God would allow us into his presence, mm -hmm. that God would be open and welcome to us, not out of his need. We converse with other people in part because we need to converse with other people and we would be hurt and harmed if we, if we didn't converse with other people, but God is not harmed if we don't converse with him. It's out of freedom that he accepts our, uh, that he can invite us. He doesn't need us. It's out of, it's out of his abundance that he's in, inviting us. Um, and I'm thinking, so I'm thinking about the, the privilege that is prayer and um, when I fail to pray that, and, and it is a when, because it's, it's not a, it's not an, if I will, it's a, it's a, when I have, and I already mm -hmm. have, it's already, is already addressed in the work of God in Christ. There is not a person who has prayed enough except Jesus. <laughs> He's the only yeah. one who, who, who has prayed enough and out of that abundance is inviting me to pray yep. along with him. Um, and so it's this, it, it's this both end of taking responsibility, but not being crippled by it. And so there's, there's a sense of, um, I love the story of Jacob when Jacob is wrestling with God. And I think about my wrestling with my boys. There's, there's a certain amount of strength I have to display or it's not wrestling. And, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be, some kind of childish game that they're probably going to get bored at really quickly. There has to be a certain amount of um, possibility that they're going to win the wrestling match, right? Yeah. They know that the only way they win the wrestling match is, as, is if I let them, but they don't know when I'm going to let them. Uh, right, right? Right. They don't know yeah. when am I going to let them. And I know I have to display a certain amount of strength that, that there's a real challenge, there's a real test, but it's not, uh, it's not too much that they get discouraged and it's not too little that they get bored. There's a, there's a fine line. I think yeah. about prayer in some ways as that, as that wrestling, nice that, that uh, Christ knows how much responsibility to give us. And when we shirk our responsibility, he's still, he's still there to, yeah. to, to catch us. And I, I think about the, that's the identity that's given to the people of God then, right? Is, is uh, Jacob, it becomes Israel, it wrestles yeah. with God. And that's the identity of the people is that they are going to be wrestlers with God. Yeah. And so, um, there's a great quote. I cannot think of who it's by, but it's, it says, um, when you wrestle with God, you don't hope to win. You wrestle with God, you hope to lose. And so I think about even that some, somehow, sometimes I've prayed very earnestly for something yeah. and thank God he didn't give it to me. Yeah. You know, I, I wrestled with my full force and, and yeah. I think sometimes God permits us to win at times mm -hmm. and it's and and uh i learned from it and i'm like oh that was a time i shouldn't have pushed through to be strong and there's other times that i think that god is testing our strength against his not not because he doesn't know but because we don't know mm -hmm. and and we push through and 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 i think 
oh, it was for such a time as this that God uh, has been preparing me, that it was good for me to win this one. Um, so, I mean, there's paradoxes in it, right? Like, yep. like when you're wrestling with God, uh, who do you hope to win? Like, well, I hope that I win or else what's the point of wrestling? And yet, if God is sovereign and such that he knows what's best, I also hope that I lose. You know, it's paradoxical. I mean, um, anyways, I'm thinking... I'm tossing words out yeah, there. Yeah, some of it's learning that, I mean, the paradox is only at least partially resolved in, the, in that deep sense that we come to recognize that my losing is my winning either way, you know? And the quote, one of my, another favorite quote from the Desert Fathers is this line that says, do not be troubled if you do not get what you've been asking for as quickly as you wish. Um, for, and then has, I want to make sure I quote it right, for there is no better thing than to be preoccupied with conversation with God. And who knows, God may have delayed in order to spend more time with you. you know? mm. And interestingly, the next quote in that series of quotes by Vagris says, the highest act of the mind is undistracted prayer. And it's the word undistracted is the same word used for preoccupied in the previous one. So it's like we're, we're, we're overcoming distraction so that we can be distracted by God. <laughs> like the, the most, the greatest thing is to be preoccupied with God, to be distracted by God. And if in the process of petitioning God for that which we desire, we become distracted by the goodness of God in our life, um, that means it's prayer is becoming true prayer, you know? And that's when even the question of winning and losing is starting to fade. Because of course, you say all that about wrestling with your kids, but winning and losing is not the main agenda item. It's, uh, it's well, it's, 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 a ver it's a version of snuggling. <laughs> it's the way that uh, at least my boys, you know, especially my, they don't always want to like snuggle. They just sit and hug. You know, uh, that's their way of being mm -hmm. in physical contact with their, mm -hmm. with their parents. And, and my, when I was gone on a long trip uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife was, uh, when we talked on the phone, she was talking about how my youngest just kept like bumping into her and kind of pushing her, just being physical with her. Um, with stuff that he just never done with her before because it's just the way he interacts with me. Um, and now, of course, there's limits to this analogy. It's a highly kind of masculine father-son kind of language, but it's, it, it's illuminating for within its limits. Um, especially because, of course, you know, even the wrestling comes to an end, but the relationship hasn't come to an end. Right. So I, you think of that time at the end of the wrestling, you know, um, sometimes you're just sitting there. You have to go up to bed, right? And, and that's crucial to the Spirit's movement is there is the time of wrestling and prayer all about petition and petition that's filled with hope and fervency and yet with uh right the right kind of resignation the 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 the, the indifference to say not my will but yours be done but again that's said at the end of the prayer not instead of praying i mean jesus literally asked to not save us from our sins because it's gonna be hard right he's asking right can i get out of this or is there another mm. way or something mm. it's a big ask um, again, the, the, the condition of which he says, all things are possible with you. Presupposition of prayer is God's sovereignty. 
can this cup please pass, but not my will but thine be done. And that captures it. He's sovereign and in his sovereignty, we are gonna beg for what we want again and again with sweat, you know, and tears. And yet um, at the end we say, but at the end of the day, I'm advising you, it's your call, not mine, you know? Um, but here's, you've covenanted with us. You've revealed your character as well. I, I, this seems to make sense. I'd like to, if you don't do it this way, Lord, I'd like to know why. <laughs> or give me the faith to believe that you're in control, even if this never makes sense to me. This is the kind of wrestling that happens in prayer. And then the, when the wrestling match comes to the close, we enter by the spirit into either contemplation or action or both, right? Those other forms of prayer where we act on what we've been instructed to do, or we just bask in the presence of God um, because the match is over and who mm. won didn't matter. <laughs> Being together was the point all along anyway, mm. you know? I don't have another question. Yeah, only had four, I guess, huh? Long-winded enough, I'm easy to prep for. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, uh, I'll put it like this. I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, I'm enjoying the spirit that comes out even in just talking about prayer. Yeah. yeah. And of course we started this by praying. Yeah. You know, we started this. And so undoubtedly God has been, God has been with us and, uh, interesting thing. Um, so we talk about wrestling. Uh, I immediately go to thinking about, um, how does my daughter engage? Cause sometimes she wants to wrestle. Sometimes she wants to argue, which is an, another kind of wrestling, right? She she wants to see how her words will work. <laughs> ah, yes, she wants yes. to see how her words will work, how her attitude will work, which yes. will work, which which yes. won't. She's te it's all testing, right? And there's 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 ways that uh, that she's uh, petitioning me, yes. right? And I'm thinking about how do I petition God? You know, I'm, and and then and then really interesting in all this, my my longing then goes to my children, right? Mm -hmm. What are they doing now? How can I be with them? Right. When, when can I get to be back with them? Um, will I be able to be not preoccupied with things of work and technology and just running of the house to be preoccupied with there them? Um, and that is spurred on by reflecting on prayer or if God indeed is with us by his Holy Spirit, this time of prayer. So prayer, this time of being directed toward God has then turned me back to the things of God uh, that I otherwise might not be preoccupied by. So I'm thinking about that, you know, and that comes back to your question last time about what would be the, the marks or the signs of a person of prayer. Well, it would be the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. You know, it's not how many hours you spend in prayer, or how good you are at praying in public, though those are practices of faithfulness and skills that are worth having. But, you know, uh, a life of true prayer is one that, that increases us in gentleness and love, uh, connection, you know? So, so it seems fitting that you'd want to wrap it up because it's Friday and we're not <laughs> supposed to say, people know these are recorded in advance, right? <laughs> and I won't drop, but this is a Friday, we're recording on a Friday afternoon. So both of us, it's kind of on the mind, like yeah. got to wrap some stuff up. Yeah. And maybe I'm going to be a little more preoccupied with my family today. And that is my mode of being the kind of person that God is, yeah. is, is uh, leading us to be. Yeah. Yeah, and we entrust, we entrust it to the providence of God because we recorded on Friday, but somebody may listen to it Friday to Thursday. We don't know when they, <laughs> when they listen to it, except that um, a conversation about God may be a conversation with God 
in God's time. And yeah. so the words that, how gracious of God that the words that, that you or I have shared in this time may be picked up and used by God to speak to another person. And uh, maybe we'll end it with that. That, yeah. that prayer is, um, can be initiated by us, but truly prayer has been initiated by God. Yep. And this, the conversation that, that he invites us to have is only possible because God has spoken to us yep. uh, first and foremost, and most clearly in Christ, his word to us. So thanks, John. Yeah. My delight. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for giving uh, John and me an opportunity to have a conversation, uh, giving us an opportunity to pray. And I do ask God that this would be a meaningful conversation for you. And I do pray that the Wesley Seminary podcasts are helpful to you. And not only the Wesley Seminary podcast, but the Fresh Text, Fresh Text podcast as well. If you're not familiar with it, check out uh, Fresh Text which is a podcast that John runs, which is a conversation between a couple of scholars and theologians or Bible heads around the upcoming Sunday's lectionary gospel passage. Uh, John, where can they find that? Uh, it's on all the major uh, podcasts. So uh, search Fresh yeah, Text. If whatever you use, you know, iTunes, Google Play, it's on all the biggies. Awesome. Yeah, Fresh to Text. I have a lot of fun recording that with John. It's a good time. So John's returned the favor to spend some time with us here at the Wesley Seminary Podcast. Make sure that you check out some of the other episodes, see which ones are of interest to you, especially if you found this one epi- this episode interesting. Make sure to listen to episode one that John and I recorded about prayer as well. Uh, thanks to Cam Davis for his production work. Always great uh, support that he gives and makes this episode uh, possible. So it sounds as good as it does and is coming to you in the quality it does. So thanks, Cam. Thanks, John. Thank you, listeners. Uh, I hope that you have a great day. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the name Wesley Seminary.